Discover the Mediterranean secret to optimal health and longevity with GMT 23 Greek Mountain Tea from Terry Naturally. These capsules are stronger than a cup of brewed tea and support overall health, including liver health, digestion, and cognitive function. Now for the first time ever, this botanical is available in supplemental form in the United States. Find GMT 23 Greek Mountain Tea at your local health food store or terrynaturalvitamins.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Our guest today is Dave Monroe, the lead singer of Air Traffic Controller, and they have created a place all their own in the indie pop world. Now, over the past decade, Dave created timeless and classic indie folk pop music that is heartfelt and authentic. Now, from the Boston scene, the band released four critically applauded albums and toured steadily with an electrifying group now made up of Dave Monroe, drummer Adam Salome, bassist Joe Campbell and guitarist Bobby Bornstein, and also vocalist Emmy McSwain and multi-instrumentalist Steve Scott. Now, with over 420,000 monthly listeners on Spotify, they have a very strong fan base that continues to grow, and I'm one of them. So let's welcome lead singer Dave Monroe of Air Traffic Controller to the show. Welcome, Dave. Thanks for having me, Ward. This is cool. Man, the first time I've heard... Uh, I believe is the the first song that I heard of y'all's was sometimes in the moment uh, I heard it I was a fan you know it's kind of like uh, uh, Nick Rhodes of Duran Duran he would say it takes him thirty seconds to figure out if he likes a song or not and it took me less than thirty to know that I'm a big fan of Air Traffic Controller. That's cool. Must have got you with the first line, I guess. <laughs> well, how did the creation of Air Traffic Controllers sound come to be uh the sound itself i should credit the uh producer of most of the albums his name is blue um i he was mostly hearing acoustic demos by me and him being uh more of a, a rocker electronic um producer not he does a lot of different stuff but uh sort of c coming from a power pop world but also a big pop world where he produced acts like uh, Selena Gomez, Jonas Brothers. Um, he, he tried to take what I did acoustically and make it into something very accessible. And I credit him for that because it was also something very unique to mix uh, our, an organic sound with an electronic sound. And um, that's, we've been running with that ever since. Yeah, it's, it's so eclectic, uh, the sound of air traffic controller. And to me, there's this, there's this perfect rhythm of beats and melodies that just flow together uh, with what I kind of call a synergy of coolness. <laughs> Thank you. No one's ever called it that before, but I like it. <laughs> Could be the title of a new song. What do you think? Synergy of coolness. Yes, <laughs> sure. <laughs> well, an album title. <laughs> I, it would be a great album, and you can use yeah. it. It's it's yours. It's yours. Uh, Air Traffic Controller. I mean, they re you recently went on tour for the first mm -hmm. time in nearly four years. Uh, what did you miss the most about being out there? Um, just seeing the country, I guess, was was the best part. But I, I'm more so, I guess, meeting meeting people who are listening. You know, the having that conversation with them 
just like I did with you about a specific song that struck them. Um, just when you get really far out into the country and have that conversation with somebody uh, and know that you've, you've reached someone far away, which, you know, isn't that hard to do with the internet these days, but I mean, it just, it just means a lot more than, you know, playing, you know, a gig 30 minutes away and hearing that it's, so I feel like making that connection with far away Americans was, was really fun for me. So is it, is it just great to be back uh, touring and uh, talking with your fans face to face? Yeah. Um, and there were some play, there's some players in the band that are new and they hadn't, they hadn't toured ever. Um, and so, so taking them along too was just, it was an honor really to take them on a trip like that. It was a lot of fun for, for us, uh, veterans. <laughs> <laughs> well, I guess for the ones that have never toured before, it's probably very energizing. Uh, it probably seems like a, a bit of a, a working vacation for them. Exactly. Yeah. It's another life that, um, you just, uh, you can't, you can't really describe it until you do it. And, um, it's, it's not all that glamorous to be honest. Um, but it, it is fun. Every day is fun. Yeah. I've talked to so many artists who have, you know, started out in a, in a crowded van and their, mm -hmm. their shower consisted of baby wipes. Oh, we, we didn't resort to that. I think we would just not shower. <laughs> <laughs> well, if someone has never heard of air traffic controller, how would you describe your music to them in words? I try to tell people that we're very likable. I, I feel like words like uh, electronic or or rock and rock even um, or pop, you know, will deter people because they just immediately think well that's not that's not what i'm into um uh whatever it may be and then so i just start with likable i think that our music's very likable um accessible all ages and that seems to get people to, to check it out at least um but as far as describing it to you know what our sound is specifically i say that it's that it's indie that it's indie pop and that um it's a mix of organic and electronic. Yeah, and that's a that's a perfect uh, definition of your music. Uh, again, like I said, I literally fell in love uh, with your music. I even had to go back to listen to all the albums before the album Dash, and mm. they're absolutely amazing. And then for you, who are your musical influences? Uh, I'm really big Beatles fan through and through Tom Petty, Paul Simon. Um, those are the, those are the, the top, the top tier ones. But, uh, there's, there's a lot of unknowns that have inspired me too that worth Googling, you know, Damien Gerardo, uh, Jason Faulkner, uh, a band called jellyfish, um, Mason Jennings bunch. Well, I mean, when when I listen to your yeah, another big one, a lot of stuff from from the eighties and nineties. Yeah, and that's to me. Even though I'm a big fan of the seventies, 
the 80s and 90s, there is just so many songs out mm. there. And, you know, that's when the pop world, to me, truly exploded. I mean, yeah, yeah. it was, you know, because the 70s, we kind of call it more of the rock era. 80s and 90s ended up being where there was more pop. And today, yeah. I think the definition of pop is not as great as it used to be. Um, right. But I love the fact with your music, I think indie pop is a perfect example, but you said it, it's likable. Every song is likable. And I want to talk a bit about your current album, Dash. What was the inspiration behind it? Uh, it wasn't, it wasn't so much the inspiration behind the album. I'm outside. There's some bug on my foot. How <laughs> <laughs> good. Um, but it was kind of song for so song to song, uh, where I was. There were just things going on in life that. Um, so it's inspired. It's inspired by everyday life. I, I feel like all these songs, um, as specific as some of them may be, they're very relatable, and that's another thing I try to get across uh, to people who want to know what we're about. It's 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 really. I hope people don't listen to it and, and just think you know these are Dave's adventures or whatever. I really want people to hear our music and think about their own, their own lives. Um, and the title dash came from, I was actually at a funeral during COVID and, um, the eulogy was, was they used, they talked about the dash between the day you're born and the day you die on a, on a tombstone. Uh, and it's, it's not a, it's not a new concept, but it was new to me. Um, but what they were trying to say was that the person who passed on that, that tiny little dash is like a timeline of their life and everything that, that they experienced was all part of this, this timeline, this dash, uh, between those dates. And it, it was just kind of profound to me. And I, I, I went back to the studio and and told the band about it. And I said, what if we just call the album Dash and on the cover, we'll just put a dash. And um, that's what you see there is, is actually, a, a. we thought about putting like a tombstone on there that that, that seemed kind of dark. So we put a, um, and most people don't even know what it is, but it's actually a street dash on the album cover. See, I figured um, that out pretty quick, that it was yeah. a street dash. A lot and of people think they're looking at outer space because there's speckles all over it, but it's it's really just the, a speckled road. <laughs> well, and, and I had to when I, when I've listened to the whole album multiple times, and you have this 54 seconds, and and I get and there's just a dash. You don't even put the word to to name the song. You have this dash. So what's that 54 seconds all about? Well, we wanted a break between it's hard to it's hard to apply a hidden track these days because people don't don't you know, not everyone has the vinyl on or or the tape, uh, even a, a CD. You could put a lot of hidden tracks and things. And I still we have that on, on most of our records. But um, so I thought the idea of putting a break, a track that's just a break of, of some kind of noise. And we talked about what that could be. And we really liked the noise of the um, the tape machine we were recording on when you rewind it, it goes super fast and you're really just hearing what you recorded in reverse, but at like ultra fast speed. So you're actually hearing in that 54 seconds, the entire album, high speed in reverse. 
and then that's the track and then we have our hidden track which is just an acoustic um a live acoustic song see you just you you pulled a Beatles stunt with dash <laughs> the, the backwards <laughs> Exactly. So and in 54 seconds, that is the whole album at high speed. In reverse. Yep. That <laughs> is this. See, like I said, it's the synergy of coolness is what this album is about. And, and Dave, some of my favorite songs on this album, of course, I think everybody in the world loves the song. Sometimes it's just, it's just pure fun. The beat, the melodies, it, it's a hit. I mean, the moment you hear it, you know it's a hit. Thank you. And I do, and I do love the second track. Anybody, anybody got a light? So where did that song come from? Uh, I wrote that during COVID, um, and it's. I think a lot of bands were. Can you hear me? because of covid we we were like 75 percent done and and they closed the doors to the studio and said maybe we can finish this remotely and we tried to do that um for months um and we're just chipping away track by track and critique and critique on on every little move that was made remotely by all of our players you know one of our our lead guitarists ended up leaving the group um and it was just a bummer. It, what, what, what was a very exciting time became just such a downer that, you know, we didn't know anymore when the record was going to come out. Um, uh, we hadn't titled it yet, but, but sometimes was actually a, a track that was the closest to being done. So we, we were able to finish the song sometimes uh in my garage actually we i set up a, a a nice microphone in there uh my bandmate steve came over and his prius in the driveway this was like the height of covid when when everybody was just paranoid um for good reason and so i we made it like a a booth of like blankets in my garage and ran the cable outside into his car and he was on a laptop mixing my vocals uh, onto this track, and uh, that was actually fun. That was a that was that was fun creative during COVID. But there, we couldn't do the whole record that way, so everybody was everywhere. So, um, just I, anybody got a light. That song just came out of the frustration of you know, I, and I I tried to I didn't write it about making an album. I wrote it about about what everybody was going through, you know, um, everybody's plans just, just went to crap, you know, um, and anybody who was just trying to make life work or, or, or have a career or run a restaurant or anything, um, you know, raise a family and see, see the world that all those things you just couldn't do anymore. And it was just, so the song just came from that frustration and, and, um, anybody got a light you know um <laughs> kind of like smoke them if you got them but also like you know sh shine some light on this darkness you know that 
that's where the, the title came from. It's, it's and, and I got I picked that up from listening to the song. And uh, and there's another one that I absolutely love on this album. That's Jimmy's song. Oh, good. I'm glad you're asking about that one. Uh, that one I wrote about my father-in-law. That's the most specific song I've ever written. Uh, but he is just a, a wonderful, persistent man, a Vietnam veteran who has been asking me almost since I met him, you know, when, when are you going to write a song about me? And um, I heard, I've, I've heard his war stories. He, he actually crashed in not one, but two aircraft in Vietnam and walked away from both. Actually, he swam away from one. And uh, I wrote about that one and, uh, you know, went on to live a, a fruitful life you know, um, raised his family on a cul-de-sac and everything, everything worked out. That's, that's another song, <laughs> but, um, I love but, that song. Yeah. Thank you. Um, uh, but yeah, Jimmy's song, it's basically a song about not giving up, you know, cause he, he was underwater, uh, belted into that, to that plane that crashed and sunk and had pretty much given up. He said, I can't get out of this belt. And then somehow he just managed to to wiggle out of it. Um, I think it was like another sh strap that he thought was the seatbelt because I think he was sleeping when the plane was going down and it was kind of a rude awakening. But um, he climbed out of there and swam, swam away, covered in oil and and uh, and and was was say was spared. I don't I don't know if anyone died on that uh, on that plane, but um you know, to to think you're gonna you're gonna go then and accept it and somehow get out of it. Um, I felt like that was something worth writing about. Um, I would I would say so, and it, it's probably one of my favorite songs on the whole Dash album. But you have a there's a the, the very last song on this record, um, "Kissed You in the Morning." As I was listening to it, it has a very raw, very organic sound. Um, how did that come about? Well, I had a demo of that song and it sounded almost exactly like that. And just me and an acoustic. And um, it's been on file for years. Uh, that was a song I written about an old relationship and... Um, pretty fresh out of that relationship. I recorded it and um, I was playing old demos for the band and everybody just demanded that we do it. And, and not cause they wanted to play it cause nobody got to play on that one, but they said, you have to do it just like this, which I was glad to do because the demo had some, some issues with me. Like some of the lyrics weren't, weren't quite right and it could have sounded better and there were mistakes and things. So, um, so we just set out to recreate it and there was just one microphone, me and a guitar. And, um, actually some of the sound that you hear in that dash track right before it is, um, the, the band setting up a microphone, um, in front of a, an amplifier. And we took what I recorded acoustically, um, mic'd. Uh, mic'd up an old amplifier, a really old, like, I forget, 60s amplifier, and played the song through the amp into that mic, and that makes it sound very raw. 
Uh, and that's how we got that sound. And you can even hear people walking around the room during it and uh, at the end, the footsteps and everything. So it, it was fun to recreate something like that. What I love about that story is it reminds me of the way artists used to actually record their songs, mm-hmm. you know, in a very organic, in a very real way. Sometimes, even if there was a tiny mistake in the production of the song, that mistake became iconic. And, yeah. it, and it became part of a song that we would remember forever. And, mm-hmm. you know, today we live in a world of pro tools and creating things. And, and you know, there's no humans sometimes in the production of an album. But I love the fact that, that with that song and the rest of the album, it's, it's probably one of the most real, raw albums that I've heard in years. Thank you. Wow. It's exciting. I mean, even on tour, hearing people talk about the new stuff, it, it means even more to me um, than longtime fans, because, just because, you know, they discovered us at, at this time where we're putting out um, these songs, these very personal songs. Um, and just the fact that I'm still going and wondering if I should be, you know, and then hearing people, you know, say nice things about the new record, or it really it really means a lot to me and keeps me going. You know, Dave, when I, when I listen to things like sometimes or, uh, anyone got a light, even mm-hmm. Jimmy song. Um, I'm, I always wonder because these songs are so great. They should be covering radio. I mean, they should be blanketing the nation as being monster hits. You know, it was funny because even last night we were sitting around the table talking about certain songs back in the day that when you first heard them, you're like, you knew instantly it was a hit. You know, it's not like some songs that hit the radio now and you're like, why did they release that? But, <laughs> but you know, but you hear songs like Sometimes or Anyone's Gotta Light and and you're like, the moment you hear it, it for me, because it was kind of like, you know, back in, like, we were talking about the 80s and the 90s. The moment you heard a song getting released, you're like, wow, that's incredible. And then it just, and then it just sets the whole nation on fire. That's what your songs are like to me. When I hear them, they, they're monster hits. And the rest of the nation should know that. Thank you. Do you work in radio promotion at all? <laughs> no, but you know what? I think I think a lot of artists need to go back, like in the old days, and and print the forty fives and literally just hand deliver them to every radio station. <laughs> you know, that's just the way it should be. Can they play forty fives there? You think? <laughs> I I don't know, but I just like the old way of promotion. On you know, when you get the artist, you know, stack of records in the car going from one station to the next and basically hoping that uh, you're going to have a Dewey Phillips in Memphis and have Sam Phillips walk in with a record and then somebody's life completely changes overnight. You know, (laughs) we need, we need to have more of those. We need to have more of that happening now. Okay. We do have (laughs) vinyl printing right now, but I need to stop the press and make 45s. Hey, or or I well, I think with Dash, they need to listen to the whole album. But I do want to ask you this because after the release of Dash, you welcomed vocalist Emmy McSwain 
but there's no female vocals on Dash. How did Emmy end up joining the band? We have a lot of, um, in those older records, uh, we had a, a female, Casey Sullivan, who's a, a major part of the group for three records. Um, you know, and she left the band after our, our last release called Echo Papa. She moved to California, um, joined another band and, and just kind of never came back. And, uh, well, she, she actually ended up coming back to Boston, but, but, um, but we never, we haven't made music since she's kind of moved on and, and, uh, I'm very happy for, for what she's up to now. And, and, and we really needed those songs to continue to be heard live. And, um, so I was, I, I was looking for someone to, that could play really well. Um, an instrument, uh, keys was, would have been ideal. And it, and that's what we found. But, um, you know, the hunt for like the right, um, the right female, um, I, I couldn't, I couldn't have scored better than finding Emmy McSwain. She, she sings these songs and just breathes new life into them. And she's so fun to be around. If, if you follow us on any of the socials, ATC music, she's, she's the life of the party, man. She really is, is hysterical. Um, but she's also extremely talented. Her voice is, is something it's, she's not recreating what Casey did. She's really, um, taking, taking things, uh, on, on her own, on, in her own way and really making it special for the audience. And they, they applaud the second she starts singing, they, they're, they, they're already applauding. Like, ah, we didn't know she was going to sing. And then she, she's great. I love, I love this band that, that I'm in right now. Um, and that we're able to do to keep the show on the road. So uh, Emmy plays guitar, so she's able to move around the stage and, and play key, a keyboard basically. Um, and you know, the sounds that come out of that thing are incredible. And the fact that she's able to put on the show while she's playing is, is so much better too than, than standing there and trying to do it. And see, that was one of the major instruments of the 1980s. Yeah. It all. Yeah. <laughs> so I didn't mind seeing the look of that either. I just think that that's. Well, are you, are are y'all already working on the next album and then having her sing on it as well? Yeah, we've, we've done. Yeah. Her voice is featured already on a bunch of new stuff. So, so. Well, you served in the U S Navy as a air traffic controller. Uh, yeah. And you wrote your first songs while pursuing a career in aviation. How do you think that your time in the Navy has affected your music career? It made a songwriter out of me, really. Um, I was a, a huge fan of music, but I hadn't written anything until I was away and isolated and just depressed. <laughs> um, you know, I was I had a great group of friends. The song 20 on the record is, is about me, you know, moving out of the barracks and into an apartment and um, and that was a really good time. But what I didn't write about was the time I spent alone in my room recording music and, um, and, and just starting to, to become this, you know, um, 
it was a very exciting time. I, I'd say it affected me by, you know, making, it gave me an adventure to write about and it gave me, you know, a, 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 a time to reflect on, you know, what I had, what I wanted, um, and who I was. So I, I owe a lot of that to my service. Do you, do you still follow aviation? Uh, I, I, I keep in touch with those friends. Um, and, you know, I perk up whenever I, you know, see or read anything about air traffic control. It was a fun um, thing to do. You know, I was a kid playing video games and then I became like an adult sort of doing the same thing, you know, watching blips on a screen and keeping them separated. <laughs> <laughs> well, I w as I was doing some research on your band, um, I saw that some of your music has been licensed by Bose and MTV and NBC, ABC, Disney, even Verizon and Toyota and so many others. How did your music become wanted by these mega corporations or their marketing firms, I should say? Uh, all different ways. Uh, the Bose company is located in... Massachusetts. I don't know if it still is, but they were they had a, a corporate office here, and somebody knew somebody and heard, um, I think our song "You Know Me," which is a, a, one of the old duets, and that was really exciting. We got to go to New York and film this live video in a warehouse um, that wound up being uh, on TVs all over the world. Uh, in Walmart, Target, or anything like that at department stores like around the world. And people would walk by these displays and discover us. And that was just an incredible opportunity. Um, and they heard us out of these great speakers. <laughs> um, so that one was word of mouth. You know, a lot of the other ones, I honestly don't know how they stumble on us. You know, we, we don't currently have uh, a publisher um, or uh, even a, a sync licensing sync company uh, attached to us right now, um, or a record label. Uh, you know, we're very independent. So, uh, well, I've got to I've got to hand it to you because, and of course, we all know that uh, there's so many recording artists out there that are independents. And as I always say on my show, and ladies and gentlemen, you, you know I sound like a broken record sometimes. Stop downloading the music for free. You buy it. You buy the album, buy the mm -hmm. CD, the vinyl, buy the merch, buy the concert ticket. That's how we keep this music coming back to us. And Air Traffic Controller is a band that you need to add to your list. But Dave, and I mean this as a compliment to you and all of the rest of your crew over there you have this there's a commercial sound to it but i mean it in a good way mm -hmm. <laughs> and uh and for corporations to to pick up those songs and to actually gain a fan base from that th that's just miraculous yeah we're grateful for uh for the exposure that's really uh my main goal is just for it to be heard um, so that, that definitely helped, you know, um, as far as, you know, people downloading it for free, it's just become, 
I don't know. I think it's, it's a lot of that's been sort of phased out by Spotify and all these other ways. Uh, people people still listen to music for free, but a lot of that they have to listen to commercials now. So, um, and then Spotify and Apple, like they got everybody paying for it at least. So so we're even grateful for that and getting on playlists and things. Um, you know, we're finally. Um, every day we have more exposure than we did the day before, which is, which is great. We haven't gone backwards at all. Um, and I, I think that for, I have to thank the fans for that, for continuing to share what they heard and, um, probably the algorithms that are picking us up and sharing us with people who like things that sound like us. Yeah. We, I think we have to to thank the algorithms sometimes for doing its job correctly (laughs) And spreading the word around. And for you, what's the one lesson that you have learned as a musician that you may not have learned otherwise? Um, well, as a, as a musician, a lesson I learned would be uh, practice makes perfect, um, but passion is more important than, uh, than any skill you can pick up. If people believe in what you're saying, um, they'll, they'll love your song. So uh, I'm lucky enough. I'm, I'm an I'm a okay musician. I can, you know, play some chords and, and have idea, musical ideas, melodies. And, um, and, but I've, I've surrounded myself with such a talented group, um, especially on this latest record. I mean, it was really produced by the band and the producer, you know, everybody in the room was, was so passionate about, about making it the very best it could be. And, um, and having that, that amount of skill in one room, you know, um, it's, it's beyond what I can do. So uh, I really have a lot, a lot of, uh, a lot of love for them as musicians and as people. Well, it does take a village, doesn't it? It really does. Yeah. Well, what can the fans expect for the remainder of the year? Well, we've got some of our more, most important shows ahead. Um, this one doesn't sound important because it's just, it's, uh, it's at the beach, but uh, we have two at the beach, actually. There's uh, one called the Beachcomber on Cape Cod, which we, we do every year, knock on wood. Um, we've gotten this gig. It's a very hard gig to book, but uh, it's we've gotten it every year somehow, uh, except for we lost a year during COVID, but, uh, we basically go down to, uh, Cape Cod, spend the day at the beach and then play in this club called the Beachcomber, and then go back out to the beach at night and have a bonfire under the stars. It's just incredible. Uh, but then we have, uh, another show for a radio station. Uh, it's called river fest. Uh, the radio station is called 92.5 the river. Um, that's, that's a, a very respected station around here. There aren't a lot of like, uh, indie rock stations. I don't know what the rest of the country is offering, but, um, around here, we've only got a couple and there's one is sponsoring the Riverfest show and the other is sponsoring our show, uh, at the Sinclair in Boston, which we're, uh, is that other radio stations called WERS. And they're one of the biggest college stations in the country. And 
they really helped put us on the map. The, these couple of stations are like tastemaker stations, and I think that that helped us hit the college market nationwide, really, because they're very well-respected stations. But the show at the Sinclair, we're treating it basically like an album release show, even though the album's been out a while. Uh, we haven't played a, a show like this since Dash came out, so so we're treating it that way. And we want our fans to know that this is this is the one you got to see because we're uh, headlining. We've got another band called Little Fuss, another band called Sweetie that are on the bill. It's just going to be a spectacular night. Um, but also, we just did that tour, and this is the first show in town since the tour. So it's it's also our homecoming. We're, we're, we have lots of names for it. Last show of the summer. So and the rest of the year, uh, we're we're going to probably. We're going to probably take whatever comes at us. We Another thing we don't have is a booking agent. We booked that last tour by ourselves, which was very challenging to, you know, contact venues and try to set up a, a route that makes sense. And uh, coming out of COVID where your numbers really don't mean a lot to them anymore. Uh, you know, this is what you, this is the, the crowd you drew three years ago, but what, you know, what are you going to do now? We couldn't promise anything. So we booked our own tour. Uh, we may we plan on doing another tour soon, um, maybe in the fall, late fall, and or or winter. We're we're looking into the next tour already. So and wow, recording, and well, recording the next record. So we have a we'll be busy for the rest of the year for sure. Well, hopefully you find the right booking agent because, ladies and gentlemen, you need to add air traffic controller to your playlist. You need to add it to your vinyl and your CD collection. And, and not just the album Dash. You need to get the previous albums as well. This band is absolutely fantastic. They're incredible. And like I said, the moment you hear the first song, you're like, where have these guys been all this time? And and girl, I should say, because Emmy's now part of the band. And uh, Dave, where can uh, people find Air Traffic Controller online? At all the socials, we're under ATC Music, and uh, our website is just airtrafficcontrollermusic.com. All right, ladies and gentlemen, and follow that direction that Dave just gave you. Go to airtrafficcontrollermusic.com, look up their music, look up their tour dates, and everything that ATC has to offer, again, from... From the sincerity of my heart, once you listen to them, you're going to be a brand new fan. And some of you already watching and listening, you're already a fan already. So uh, collect their music because they're going to be coming out with more. And Dave, I want to thank you for uh, spending your time with us today. Thank you so much for having me. I had no idea what to expect and uh, you just made my day several times. Mm -hmm. Well, you, you, you've made my day because I've been listening to your album for half the day today. And again, ladies and gentlemen, check out the current album, Dash, by Air Traffic Controller. Again, a full collection of the most some of the most amazing songs you will ever hear. And not only that, they got incredible beats, incredible melodies, and your, your feet will start moving once you start to hear these songs. And it won't take you very long to start singing along with some of the greatest music you will ever hear in 2023. So again, Dave, thank you so much and many blessings to you and the band. Thank you, Warden.
Take care. All right, ladies and gentlemen. Hey, uh, <laughs> as for the Ward Bond show, I'll see you next time. <laughs>